0: Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your Legacy Newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me, what is up, Jerry? Oh, not
1: much, Pat. I'm gearing up for (laughs) Snowpocalypse. We got Snowmageddon (laughs) on
0: the way. We're expecting a solid 12 to 18 inches, so I can't wait to... uh, Get snowed in. I already got, like, a couple gallons of gas for the snowblower and got a couple bottles of vodka, so we're good to go, man. I'm ready to be snowed in with my kids. It's going to be miserable.
1: Fuel fuel for both motors.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm going to play a shit ton of Magic Online tomorrow for Snow Day. Yeah, I
0: mean, if the, if the weather holds up, I will play absolutely zero Magic because my kids will be all over my nuts. It'll be terrible, so... Uh, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be a day with the kids out of school, which is also awful. So everything's terrible. I want to kill myself. Uh, yay, New England!
1: Wow, what a rousing uh, you know commercial for fatherhood
0: right there. <laughs> Actually, I'm just gonna like throw them out in the snow and like they can't really get back into the house too quickly because they have short little legs and like twelve inches of snow should slow them down pretty well. So. <laughs>
1: Just dump them out the second floor window. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's 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 safe. You can't see me because this is an audio podcast, but I'm doing air quotes. It's safe.
1: I, I remember I got in so much trouble when I was a kid because my aunt lived on the second floor, and we used to jump off her back porch into big snowbanks because the plow trucks would like push all the snow back from the driveway, and it would just make this like massive hill that we would just like take turns jumping out the uh, second story window into.
0: <laughs> nice, <laughs> awesome. All right. Great. Um, All right. So uh, before we get into the uh, into the show, we always want to uh, just mention hipsters of the coast dot com f- for bringing you guys leaving a legacy every Friday to your ears. Uh, you can also find us on the top deck app as well. Uh, the top deck app was great uh, at Worcester. It is like it is like my favorite MTG app that I have on my phone um getting like the pairings pushed to your phone is so is so critical and they have like just some really great tools for trading and stuff so it's definitely worth checking out and it's totally free which is also awesome and if you want to support the show directly you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy you can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode we have awesome rewards so check it out the link is in the show notes jerry would you like to introduce our uh our esteemed guest this week
1: yeah, we got local lands player, I believe member of the New England Real Estate Coalition, uh, Mr. Adam Falls. How you doing tonight, man?
2: Hey, Jerry. I'm doing pretty well. How about you?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, uh, no you been on. Yeah, you've been on a tear lately. Uh, You top-aided the last uh, Star City Games Worcester, so we want to go into kind of more in-depth with you on Day 2 and the meta there. Uh, But you also, was it a Classic a couple weeks before? Uh, Didn't you have some success uh, prior to that?
2: Yeah, uh, I played at the SG Classic in uh, the Team Constructed Open, so I think it was either baltimore or philly i can't remember but yeah we did terribly in the team open (laughs) and then uh (laughs) so i went to drown my sorrows in the classic expecting to live that oh three drop dream and i actually ended up top eighting so that was great
1: (laughs) nice awesome and uh lands both times
2: yeah uh you know i did well at the classic so i just ran back the same list because i was expecting really no significant changes so (laughs)
1: nice um so anything different about your list than kind of a stock lands list uh that is you know kind of worth pointing out
2: uh i think it's the main difference is that a lot of people now are playing uh drop of honey in the sideboard Mm -hmm. which is a 500 dollar porphyry nodes um and yeah so i that that's a little too rich for my blood so (laughs) (laughs) um i was thinking you know like the decks that i really want. Uh, drop a pony against, or like the True Name Nemesis decks, and uh, Delver, and Death and Taxes. Uh, so, you know, I kind of just decided I'm going to play a Chalice in that slot instead, because you know, it helps me a lot against the combo decks. It's pretty good against Delver, and uh, you know, the main problem, the main reason you want drop against D&T is the uh, is, is a, it's a way to kill Sanctum Prelate, because, you know, if they have a Prelate on 2, your deck doesn't work, so you gotta kill it. And, uh, but so... I just decided to play a Barbarian Ring in the main instead because that's, uh, you know, they can't protect with Mother Runes or anything, so it's just a good way to get rid of it, and that way I don't have to spend $500 for a Porphyry Nodes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, man, I remember, like, 2014 my, like, random Nickfit opponent plays propery, uh, uh, Drop a Honey against me. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that card before. That's really cool. That must be, like, really expensive, though, because it's from Legends. He's like, no, they're only, like, 25 bucks. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. oh, I should get one of those. And I never did.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Jerry, let me tell you about one of my biggest regrets in Magic. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> leading up to the... Uh, Open or maybe it was a GP that Jody Keith did really well in with lands where he was uh, playing Drop of Honey. It was hilarious because he was testing it on stream uh, a couple nights before, and I was tuned into the stream, and I asked him like, "Why do? You, wh- what the hell is that card for?" And he's like, "Well, it's it's sweet Japanese tech that they've been playing, and it's uh, mostly for the Death and Taxes and True Name decks because you know we have a lot of trouble beating a resolved True Name Nemesis," and so I was like yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I got to pick some of those up. So I go on TCG Player and I see they're like $60. And I was like, what the hell? I'm not paying $60 for this. So I had two of them in my cart, had a long think about it, and then just decided, nah, it's probably not worth it. (laughs) Literally that Monday, I go to check the price, $300.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
2: So I regret that a little bit. That one haunts me. <laughs>
1: you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right, Pat? Right. That's a sports ball quote for you.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly.
1: <laughs> there is a puck technically a ball? I think so. <laughs> is this is this the new debate? Our hot dog sandwiches oh. is a puck a ball?
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to weigh in on that, Jerry. We're just going to move on. <laughs>
1: you're not. You're not going to nope. give any credence I'm to not, this I'm not conversation. Taking the I'm not taking the
0: bait. Not taking the bait. <laughs> That's bait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, Adam, can you kind of tell us about uh, your experience at, uh, at, at the SCG? Uh, maybe, like, day one, just some quick highlights.
2: Uh, yeah, man. So, day one was uh, actually uh, – I have some great stories about day one. So, day one was uh, – it was pretty – so, like, I started off the tournament a little rough. Uh, I started at the table 340 which was the lowest seed at the tournament. So I was like, hmm, maybe the, maybe the pairings board is trying to tell me something here. And so I got, paired against, uh, I, I got paired against an opponent that was on Grixis Delver, and his whole deck is foil. And he goes, wins the die roll, turn one, Volcanic Island, Ponder, Shuffle. And I'm thinking, all right, there's going to be a Gristlebrand in play next turn. And so I just snap off the ghost quarter, and I was like, please be Delver. And uh, so he says, no search, never draws another land, and dies. And so, you know, that was a, that was a great way to start the tournament. But, uh, yeah, so I played against Delver in round one and two, beat them both. Uh, this, my second round opponent was playing this really cool uh, America Delver brew, and he, was, he had, like, an Enlightened Tutor sideboard, so game two he dropped an Ensnaring Bridge, and I was so confused. Uh, but, you know, I ended up getting there. And then round three, uh, I lost a food chain. Uh, Food chain's a pretty tough matchup, and uh, you know this one haunts me a little bit because uh basically game one he made some griffins and I really I have a lot of trouble beating like recurring griffins because they just block Lage forever and uh, so he so he made some griffins and I just died and then game two uh I had a hand that you know could go for the loam plan but also had access to the 2020s, so it was a pretty good hand and but he had a death rate shaman. So, and I I couldn't remove it. So I was sitting there like, okay, do I just jam this and hope he has nothing? Or do I sit here and hope to draw Punishing Fire before he draws Food Chain? And so I figured that that was bad for me because he's a blue deck. So I just went for the combo. He didn't have it and died. Uh, So that was great. And then uh, game three, uh, this one is kind of a weird decision because... So game three, my opening hand is... uh, you know, like, I've got an Exploration, uh, the Depths, the Stage, and two lands that don't have any utility. They just made mana. And I was like, alright, this hand does absolutely nothing except make it 20 So I'm going to keep it, <laughs> and I'm going to kill him. And so then, you know, I go, like, Exploration, it resolves. So I'm like, alright, he's got no Force of Will, let's do this. Play out my lands, pass the turn. He plays a death Deathrite Shaman, and, and like, the net turn after he, like, casts a Ponder, does nothing, and then he shuffled the ponder, so I just lay out the combo and say go, and he just plays the land and passes, and I'm just like, oh, man, he has the edict. <laughs> so uh, so I had a long think about this, and, you know, like, he did nothing on turn 3, and he basically did nothing on turn 2, so I'm really sure he has the edict, but I didn't know if I'm supposed to just, like, hope I draw into both a punishing fire and a loam to, like, get going and then lose to surgical, or if I should just make the 2020 and just, you know, hope he's pulling the most insane bluff ever. And so I made the 2020, <laughs> and I died. Uh, shocking. And, you know, I was I was really... I was kind of disappointed about that, because I wasn't sure if I should make it. You know, like, because, uh, you know, if I do that, there's really no recovering if he has the edict. Because I didn't have any utility lands, I didn't have a loam, I didn't have a punishing fire. So, once he, once he edicted my 2020, the rest of the game was just elementary, it was over. But... You know, like, so I'm not really sure if that was correct, and I, I've been thinking about that a lot in the past few days. But, mm. um, yeah. But so then, uh, actually, right after that, uh, th- this is this is probably my favorite match of the day. I played against uh, Oops all Spells, right? So, you know, th- that should be a horrible matchup for lands. You know, like, they are, like, a turn one combo deck that I basically can't interact with. And uh, so... My opponent, we sit down, we have a nice chat. He's like fumbling with his cards a little bit, so I assume he's like a newer player, and so I just kind of think he's playing burn. And so I keep a hand that's like a good hand against burn, like it has double crop rotation. And then my opponent goes Gtaxian Probe, you Chromox, put Pact of Negation under it. Pass the turn. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, this is not looking good for the home team. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what is that start? <laughs> yeah, so I'm real confused And then he just passed the turn And I'm like, alright
1: <laughs> okay. No lands, chrome rocks, back to negation
2: Yeah, uh, so I'm it's real like, confused I, I have no idea what he's doing over there <laughs>
1: Like, is he going to go like Ancient Tomb, Show and Tell, Hive Mind? <laughs>
2: I don't know, man. So I'm like, all right, everything's on the table, but all I know is that he's a Chrome Mox Pact of Negation deck, so I need to make a Merit Lage really fast. And, uh yeah, so I play out some lands. He just draws and passes for a couple turns, no lands. And then uh eventually he goes... Petal, Dark Ritual, Exile, Spirits Guide, Cast bowstrade Spy, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, I know what <laughs> we're doing over here." So I Crop Rotation in response. So, well, he so he flips over his deck, and so he's got a bunch of Narkomiba triggers on the stack, and uh, and I'm like, "All right, Cast Crop Rotation in response," and he's like. I don't know what you're getting with that. And I was like, you don't want to find out. And, <laughs> uh, <bogged> so, <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, so he packs it. He takes my advice. He packs it. And then, uh, I cast the second crop rotation. I was like, well, you know, <laughs> if, if he's going off, he must have the second pact and I'm probably dead. He didn't have the second pact. So he's like, all right, show it to me. And I bog him. And he goes, oh, that's not good for me. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> and, uh,. <laughs> So, uh, we go to game two, and I bring in all my combo hit, I bring in my tireless trackers as, like, plan B, because they're better than punishing fires, and so my opponent goes, monkey, pedal, pedal, crack the pedals, blood moon. And I'm just like, (laughs) you've gotta be kidding me! Like... so i'm so i'm just sitting over here like all right man you got me so i decide all right whatever i'm gonna sit here play some mountains i want to make i want to see how he kills me so i can you know change my sideboard for game three if he's got some belchers in there and uh so we sit there i play some mountains he redraws his hand and then finally he goes cast pedal and i'm like all right i'm dead and so I'm like, all right, sure, everything resolves. And he goes, pedal, uh, dark ritual, exile, saving spirit guide, balustrade spy, flip over my deck, Nark triggers on the stack, brings them all back, and then he goes, cast Dread Return, get Underworld Cerberus. Uh, I don't know if you guys know wait, what that does, but wait, that's like the combo <laughs> enabler. Uh, so what it I does. I
1: thought it was uh, the angel.
2: Yeah, well, they're playing this one instead because the, the that way they don't have to worry about drawing like Lab Maniac instead of a dude that makes mana. So, uh, oh, yeah, not, so, I'm like, what the server does is, that, is if, it, if it dies, they can exile it, and if they do, they get all the creatures from their graveyard back in their hand, so then they kill you by, like, exiling a spirit guide, playing the one-mana dork that fixes your mana, and then two more spirit guides, casting Lab Maniac and cycling Street Wraith. Uh, so it's just, like, uh, it's just a more, it's just a way that kills you without actually having, uh, you know, like, having to worry about drawing, like, Angel of Invention, um huh. So uh but yeah, so he so he gets his Cerberus and then he picks up his graveyard, starts looking through it, and then you know, looks through it again, and I'm just like, Alright man, what's the hold up? Are you just slow rolling me? And then he goes Uh I might have messed up. And I'm sitting here like <laughs> what? <laughs> like, your whole deck's in your hand, basically. How how did you mess up? And then he goes Uh yeah, you got it, man. Uh, both my Cabal Therapies are in my hand, oh. so he had no way to sacrifice the Cerberus. <laughs> and he's like, well, I should have waited for one more Mana Source to cast these. And oh so he so he died. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I had a good laugh about that one. Uh, we signed the match slip, and... <laughs> And now I was winning it? Yeah, well, no, that was round four, but, you know, that, that, oh, was, okay. a, that was a good one to win after coming off that tough yeah. loss against Food Chain. That one kind of restored my mentality, because I was like, all right, you know, I might, I, I might not have made the worst mistake in the room.
1: <laughs> so, someone up there is looking out for me.
2: Yeah, I was like, all right, you know, someone's on my side over here. But, yeah, so that was great. Um, the rest of the matches weren't really too notable, uh, I played against uh Death and Taxes, L El- Death and Taxes is a fine matchup, like fifty fifty. Then I played against Elves, which is a great matchup. Like I feel like I should never lose to Elves. And then uh I, I actually I actually played against someone from uh gaming, etc. Uh I met it- I ran into him at the one K where I met you originally, Jerry. He was playing Eldrazi. Mm-hmm. His name's Dan. Um Oh nice. Yeah, so that was the second time I played him. Uh so but you know, Eldrazi's like the easiest matchup in the world for lands so he was pretty sad tabernacle plus wasteland is really hard for him to beat (laughs) uh so i beat him and then i played against uh, a guy playing pile actually and uh well he wasn't pile he was actually only bug but you know it's all kind of the same to me so whatever but (laughs) um, you know (laughs) he's he's some death right she's some death right shaman control deck i don't care what cards are in it those are the ones I care about but um So he, uh, but yeah, so usually, I feel like Pyle's a good matchup for me, but he was telling me that he actually feels pretty favored against lands, uh, so, you know, I don't really, I haven't really played the matchup that much, like, I played it, I played it a few times, like, I probably have about 10 matches against it at Comp REL, but, you know, like, it kind of felt, it it felt pretty good for me every time, but, uh, this guy definitely should have beaten me. We actually ended up drawing, um, he, he very handily won game one, which is usually the game I should win, uh, because he just had a bunch of death rate shamans and i played really bad um i made a i made a really bad gamble and ended up like exposing my loam i shouldn't have gambled because uh i had a loam in my hand and if i discarded it i would have been kind of screwed and so i cast the gamble and discarded the loam uh he exiled it and i died yeah. <laughs> so i felt really silly after that one and then, um, and then in game two, uh, well, he, he pretty much had me locked out. Like, he had multiple death rate shamans. My, my loams were surgical. My punishing fires were surgical. And, you know, I'm just sitting there like, all right, well, I'm just going to sit here until he kills me because maybe he'll mess up. And then uh, the stars aligned because I tapped out or I tapped some lands for a tireless tracker. And uh, which, you know, I, I was threatening the combo on board, but he had a wasteland. So I could never make the Merit And he, uh So when I cast a tracker, he saw, like, oh, he can't copy the Dark Depths now because he tapped out for the tracker. So he wastelanded the Dark Depths, and I was like, yeah, deal. Because that, like, kind of gave me an out because that let me, you know, draw another Dark Depths to combo. And then he Edicted the tracker. So now I'm like, okay, Edict down. I just got to draw Dark Depths, and I'm back in the game. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I, I drew the Dark Depths, and he died. Uh, he had he had a baleful strix, but I you know untapped and gripped it, and uh, so he couldn't respond and yeah. died. But
1: that's that's a useful lesson because a lot of people think of like overextending into a board state, but it's also possible to just overextend your answers. Like he he almost had a lock on you, and he just kind of blew it all.
2: Oh on, yeah, uh, man! I, I was know, locked out of the of game. Stuff. Yeah, like and it was it was he was a very good player. And so he knew immediately when he did it, like, he passed the turn, er, he, uh, so he cast the edict, and then he goes, that was a huge mistake, wasn't it? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, you probably just messed up, but I doubt it'll matter. And it ended up mattering. So he was, he was beating himself up for that one. So I ended up winning, I ended up winning game two with, like, three minutes on the clock, so we just, we just drew in game three. And, uh, so I got a, I got a draw when I absolutely should have got a loss. That was a tough one for him. So, uh, you know, I felt bad for the guy cause like he, he knew, he knew immediately that he messed up. Like, I think it was just a spur of a moment things, you know, it's round eight. He's probably pretty tired. I was pretty tired. So I think his, I yeah. think he just went on autopilot and decided like, this is my answer. I got to do it. Right. So, right. But, uh, yeah,
1: that's rough. So that was round eight. What about round nine?
2: Round nine, I played against uh, Grixis Delver again. Uh, this, he was an, uh, this nice guy from Canada. Actually, he drove like ten hours to be there. His name was Tim. Uh, but we're X one and one at this point, so we know we're both locked for day two. Uh, so you know, even even with a loss, I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, but I end up winning because Grixis Delver is a pretty. I, I feel like it's a pretty good matchup for me. Uh, a lot of Delver players have been telling me they, they actually feel fine against lands. Uh, but you know, like I, I I haven't really played it that much from the other side. Uh, but you know, when I play, when I play against Delgar, I'm pretty happy to see that. So I would, I think it's pretty good for me. But yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I beat this guy. Uh, I think I beat him 2-0. I don't really remember anything from the match. I just remember he was a nice guy from Canada. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I finished day one at X1 and one. After that, loss to food chain. And uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with that. Uh, even though you know, I had a, I had a draw and a win that I probably didn't deserve but you know (laughs) hey
1: that's what they say it's like you you can't top eight on on a skill alone you have to have luck during the day i mean i mean it's
2: true man like you you're never gonna top eight a 15 round tournament unless you run hotter than the sun like that's just exactly (laughs)
1: like you need you some things need to align in your favor just because like statistically it's just so hard to top eight I yeah. mean, you can you can say you don't believe in luck and everything factors in, but I don't know. I just I just think uh, you can maximize your chances, but things have to go right for you too.
2: Yeah, like I feel like just being a good magic player is, uh, you know, like I feel like skill in magic is just setting yourself up to get lucky, right? Like, right,
1: that's a great way yeah. to put it. Yeah, you know, you you use your skill to get yourself in those positions where you can benefit being lucky as often as possible. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like if you if you maneuver the game into a state where you have two outs that you can rip off the top of your deck instead of one, that's your skill shining through. And you know, you can you can still win if you're if you're lucky and you and you hit the one outer after you you know disabled the second out by making a misplay. But, you know, if you're not lucky, you're not going to draw an out anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. So uh, what about Day 2? So this was the event that uh, caused quite a bit of controversy because Day 2, I think, Grixis was like 25% and then factoring in the other mid-range Deathrite Shaman blue decks. Like, Deathrite Shaman blue-based decks made up close to 35% of the room
2: yeah absolutely and uh, you know I was really happy about that because I you know like even though death rate shaman is really tough for Lance to deal with, the decks that Death shaman go in are pretty good matchups for me so well I feel I feel that way anyway uh, but so I, I'm very happy to sit down and play against Deathrite shaman. Uh, so you know like I was I was feeling pretty good about it when I looked at the uh, day two statistics and saw all the delver decks. I was like all right yeah man this is gonna be good for me. Uh, so I was feeling pretty good about that. The thing that I wasn't feeling good about is uh, it's actually Pat's fault. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I, for you guys that are listening, if you listen to the cast last week, uh, Pat probably told you about how in round nine he played against this young <laughs> aspiring burn player who uh, it was his first nice, yeah, it was, nice it, was his first his <laughs> it was his first tournament. A gleam in his eyes. It was his first tournament. And he was just psyched to be there, playing his winning in for day two. And Pat didn't even want to be there. Pat just wanted to go home. And you know what? Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, you know what? That guy is one of my friends who I drove up to the event with. And so when I was listening to the cast on Friday, I lost my mind. I was laughing so hard I almost had to pull over. Because this guy had no idea who he was playing against. And so Pat just Pat just crushes his dreams when he doesn't even want to be there. And just looking like a sack of shit, just so upset. <laughs> and then but, but you don't even understand. Not me. only was that not only was that bad for Alec, that was bad for me. Because I had to hear about it all night. About how he lost this tragic in in his first tournament to a blue-red Delver player. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, man, I don't know who, I don't know who did that, but I'm really sad you lost because that really sucks. So I'm, I'm wishing the worst on whoever knocked this guy out of contention. And then little do I know, I hear about it on on the next Friday. So, you know, Pat, that's, uh, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. You ruined my, you ruined my day one experience.
0: Listen, he he did kill me with Barbarian Ring one game, so he, you know. (laughs)
2: Alright, so the funny thing is, is that when we were leading up to this tournament, this was his first major event, so he was asking me for, like, deck-building advice. His original list had, like, four Barbarian Rings in it and was playing, like, two Fetchlands, and I was like, Listen, man, you got to play more Fetchlands because Searing Blaze is, like, one of the best cards in your deck. So you want you to have, like, the maximum ways to turn oh. it on. So I was like, you should cut some of these Barbarian Rings. Like, don't play them because they make your price of progress worse. And just play a ton of Fetches so you can play Searing Blaze. So I loaned him a bunch of Fetchlands for the event. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what, man? I'm going to cut one Fetchland and play the Miser's Barbarian Ring because I just I just <laughs> love this card. And, you know, like, at the end of round 9, he comes over to me and he's like, a loss, and I was like, "Oh, that sucks." And he goes, "But listen, let me tell you about Barbarian Ring." <laughs> I st- I, st-
0: I think it's a reasonable include in most burn lists, personally. As like a one, no, yeah, like, I mean, one-over.
2: you know, he made a strong case for it with that one, so uh, you know, I might consider it more in the future. I just, you know, I was immediately thinking, like, you know, Miracles isn't in the metagame, so you don't need Barbarian Ring. And uh, you know, and it hurts your price of progress. You don't want it. And then you know, he stole right, that game against right. Fat with a Barbarian <laughs> rings. So
0: he was he was so. Just to expand a little bit more on our match, he was super nice. Um, I still, I was telling him, I still think that he's. And this might not have been. It, we, I felt like we had a pretty good rapport after, even after the game, but I thought you had a good rapport through like the tears. Burn is, <laughs> through the dream crushing, I still feel like Burn is probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still feel like burn is probably slightly favored in the matchup only because they're just a faster burn deck than blue red Delver is. You know what I mean? Like they're able to kill people faster. And there's just cards in my main deck that are just, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's like six my How do those probes feel against burn? Yeah. <laughs> my probes, my probes are terrible. My, my price of progresses are awful. Like it's just, there are just cards in my ma- main deck that are just dead against him. And, uh, it, it, he he was a fun opponent, and I I don't mean to I didn't mean to dream crush him on a day two, but I certainly wasn't gonna go down <laughs> without a fight. So, but I think uh, I think him getting to six and three on his first big event is uh, is, is yeah man that was awesome. Like sure. he's a
2: he's a really nice guy. He always wants to play. Like he comes by he rides his bike to the local store every Monday to play Legacy, and it's like a forty minute trek for him. And nice. uh, he plays a lot online. He's a, he's nice. a nice guy. He's he's a really good player. So. Just, wow, just making
1: me feel shitty awesome. about myself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I can't even go to this shop
1: that <laughs> I can see from my back door.
2: <laughs> well, that's just because you hate the format, Jerry.
1: <laughs> You're right, I hate the format. <laughs> that's why uh, we're transitioning to a standard-only podcast.
2: <laughs> God, I hope not. I don't, think I, I don't think I would be a very good viewer for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, lifestyle. We're going to tell everyone how to get uh, certain stains out of using common household goods. Uh, that's a subject later on in the cast.
0: Oh, I thought we were going to mo- mo- turn it into
1: a woodworking podcast. Uh, okay, really I mean, upsetting. we can do that. I figure we can alternate between the episodes. I mean,
2: you guys could also turn into a sports <laughs> podcast based on ha- your two-hour Super Bowl cast. Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> it was like it was not that much talk. Uh, I'm
2: so glad I don't know man I, have, like, I, I made it through the first hour of that light. cast and then Jerry was like or Pat was like you know this is just a football cast now and I turned it off right there so
0: <laughs> I had someone say hey you should break down NFL games in a podcast I would listen to that and I said mm, I don't know I don't feel like doing I don't feel feel like doing more work but I <laughs> Oh
1: man, jeez! All right, so all right, where, where were we? We we went on a wild tangent.
2: <laughs> we did, we I mean, did. that's just one of those stories that has. So to So that be was dull. day one, but uh... oh,
1: it's true, it's true. I'm I'm loving from the other side. <laughs>
2: it's like <laughs> uh...
1: the butterfly effect. Uh, all right, so you showed up. You were loving the stats on day two because it was a Grixis playground. Yeah, uh, how 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 things go?
2: I uh, it was. You know, I, I enjoyed the Grixis playground. Like that's really that's really all to say about it. There are a few matchups uh, that I really wasn't looking to play against because uh, you know, Miracles is pretty popular at this Open, and uh, it's actually weird because I feel like I was better against Miracles when they had top and counterbalance, uh, because at the time we were playing ma- we were playing main deck Besageu to beat that, so we would just crop rotation for Besageu early in the game, and they couldn't really do much game one if you did that and uh but now we don't have Beseju anymore and they still have counterbalance so if they establish like counterbalance plus jace we just die like there's no winning and uh yeah so it can be pretty tough like i i'm I, my stats against miracles leave a lot to be desired i don't think the matchup is as bad as my stats would indicate <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's tough. Like, really, our line to victory is a lot of, you know, we got to kill every white source in their deck and then go for the 2020. Or, you know, draw a Sylvan Safekeeper, hope they don't have a counterspell, and make the 2020. So it's it's tough. But uh, so I was, I was really thrilled about all the Deathrite Shaman decks, but, you know, Miracles was going to be kind of a beating if I ran into it. Uh, so that was, like, the matchup that I was dreading that was pretty popular in Day 2. Um, there's only, there's only one other lands player that made it though. So that was kind of disappointing. And I don't think he ended up doing very well. So I was unhappy to see that, but that's life. Yeah. I,
1: I, I'd be really interested to see the data and like how the lands players played out because land's. Typically is thought of as a check for the uh, Grixis Delver in particular. I know Blake has uh, made points, uh, very good ones, about you know the matchup isn't as close as it used to be. Grixis Delver has gotten some tools lately. Yeah, what like, helps the matchup?
2: I think. Uh, I think like I'm still personally happy to play against Delver, but uh, mm-hmm. like I, I definitely still feel favored in the matchup. But I don't think it's this like ninety ten matchups that that it used to be in like two thousand and thirteen um because they they got a lot more stuff uh now everyone's playing uh surgical extraction which was less common in the old days and uh and also uh mm-hmm. everyone's playing edict now because of lands and dark depths and true name yeah. nemesis well
1: yeah true name and also just germag like true yeah. name germag and lands are like the three big reasons to run edicts these days and they're all super common
2: yep and so, like, th- they got a few new toys. And even True Name is really good against us, too, because we just have no way to interact with it other than Tabernacle. And a lot of the time in the post-board games, you're kind of scared to go for the, like, all-in land destruction because if they have a surgical, you can kind of just die. Uh, so if they resolve a True Name, it can get pretty dicey. So, uh, yeah, like, and then also a lot of people now are playing one or two or, or copies of Price of Progress, which is... uh <laughs> Really not not a not a card you want to play against <laughs> when you're playing thirty five non basic lands. Oh my uh, god,
1: I love this the three to four color deck is running freaking price of progress. Like what is yep. this world coming to?
2: Yep. So uh you know that's that's one you lose to a bit. Uh if you know, like I've played games where I have my opponent locked out of the game and they're just like, Yep, price of progress you for ten, you're dead and uh, that feels pretty bad. It's like good. you know oh, ag- against Burn, you're expecting it, but you know against uh, against, against Grixis Delver, <laughs> yeah. It's like Jeez. yeah, all right, nice four color mana base. All right, <laughs> man.
1: Yeah, Death Ray yeah. Chomps fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
1: all right so it's not it's not the 90 10 matchup it used to be what is it like would you say it's 60 40 55 45
2: i think i'm probably like 65 70 percent of the matchup like I, i'm still definitely a very strong favorite but i just don't feel like mm-hmm. it's a buy like it used to be you know like uh just because of these like cyborg inclusions that they have if the metagame shifts to the point that you know, Price of Progress and, uh, and Edict aren't good anymore, then I feel like the matchup gets a lot better because my better route to victory against Delver is usually the twenty twenty, since they really have no way to interact with it other than their one Diabolic Edict. Uh, so, you know, if we get into a metagame where Edict isn't as good, I feel like the matchup is going to be more skewed in my favor. But the thing is right now, it's just the Edict in their 12 Cantrip deck because they're very likely to see it and you know them having it is just a huge blowout for me because oh yeah you know i probably and so have some
1: to... people are running at main too
2: yeah like pile plays one main uh but you know pile isn't as scary cuz you don't need to make the 2020 against them like generally going for the landlock is better against pile uh because they they don't have the clock that delver has uh so you're not mm. really worried about dying out of nowhere um so like it's not a so it's not as much of a scare from pile but you know, against Delver, <laughs> if they they get me with the main deck edict, I'm probably that's when I need to reconsider my deck choices. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah. But like, so I was I was pretty happy with uh, my matchups that I played in game two, I or er, in day two. I actually think every matchup I played in day two was very favorable for me. Um, so I was it was pretty much the dream for lands to be completely honest, uh, because. Really, the only thing I didn't want to play against was, you know, Miracles and Sneak and Show and, uh, you know, Storm. I knew, uh, Caleb Shear and, um, uh,. Bryant Cook were there, and so I was really worried about getting paired with them, because Caleb Shear. I was talking to him throughout the day, and he, uh, he was, like, pretty much the same record as me all day, so I was like, oh, God, please don't pair me with him. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but I I never, I never hit those bad matchups. I actually, I played nothing but good matchups pretty much all day, too, which is great, um, Lots of Delver, and uh, I I dodged the storm and the miracles and the uh, and the Sneak and Show. Sneak and Show really didn't put up as much of a showing as I thought, uh, which was, you know, disappointing I... for me because I played a Chalice in my sideboard, hoping <laughs> to play against Combo.
0: So I, yeah, just three decks in day two. I'm of sneak off and show. Sneak
1: and Show right now because Sneak and Show loses so hard to Grixis Delver, and it's everywhere out here. Like, it is really hard playing Sneak and Show in this meta right now. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Sneak and Show is kind of suppressed uh, for a little bit.
2: Yeah. Um, just
1: because, like, it's like the the three-hit punch of just, like, a fast clock in Delver, discard from the black, and then uh, counter magic and reach for that, like, tempo play out of the blue and the red just makes it such a difficult uh, matchup for the for the Sneak and Show combo
2: yeah my my other friend uh that I came up with was playing sneak and show for this tournament and he uh he's been all about the deck locally because uh, our local mm-hmm. meta doesn't really have a lot of delver decks um because probably due to me and <laughs> 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 so cause there's not really a lot of legacy players in Connecticut, and so the meta game's pretty inbred and uh so he's been he's been killing it with show and tell at locals and he he's usually a death and taxes player. But he decided, you know, I'm gonna play Sneak and Show. It's been doing great for me. And then he started the event like five zero. Every every round he played, he was done in ten minutes. Uh, I watched mm-hmm. him in the feature match area uh, keep a hand of Show and Tell, Emrakul, Ancient Tomb, four cantrips, and then he just <laughs> he just, you know, on the draw, rips a lotus petal off the top and uh i was like yeah you know that that seems like that seems like something he would do <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah so he uh he he savagely destroyed that opponent with his tight keep <laughs> and uh <laughs> but then uh so after his five zero start he lost his next four rounds to delver variants <laughs> and yeah uh, that's what
1: happens like once you get past the first couple of rounds, you just run into this wall of Delver decks and you can't do anything.
2: Yeah, like he he was sitting there like, "All right, next time I'm playing like five pyroclasms in my sideboard." So <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what it's got to. Like I just had to put the deck down, but yeah, no, I I feel his pain. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's that's like the circle of life. The the lands players come in and raise all the delver players out of the meta and then the sneak and show players come in and feed <laughs> off of the lands players.
2: <laughs> oh man. Well, well the funny oddly enough, my buddy who plays show and tell all the time, I have like an 80% win rate against him when he's playing show and tell. Uh I have <laughs> no idea why. Because show and tell is actually the worst <laughs> matchup I can play against. Like the only thing oh, that's yeah. worse is high tide. And uh I Love that match (laughs) Yeah I'm sure you do Jerry I'm sure you do I'm sure you've (laughs) crushed many lands players hopes and dreams
1: You're just sitting there like How do I want to kill him this game
2: (laughs) Mm Alright well I I am like 80% win rate Against my friend playing show and tell No one has any idea why It's actually so funny And we got paired at the Legacy Classic That I top aided in like round 6 And we were both X and 1 And I'm just sitting there like well, this is going to be awkward. I'm going to lose to my friend and then be sent home. And <laughs> then I beat him in two. <laughs> in by <laughs> <my> 10% matchup. <laughs> and uh, I actually killed him with a and Grip on his Blood Moon and uh, to make the Merit legion kill him, which was pretty sweet. And, uh, yeah, so he he is in disbelief uh, over how annoying Lance is to play against because his two losses in the Classic... We're both to lands and uh but yeah like but, uh, it's a,
1: that just shouldn't happen. <laughs> but yeah that's that's rough. I, I scratch my head at that
2: yeah like I don't I don't get it either, but like we played at locals a while ago and he just you know swiftly 2-0'd me. so I think it's just kind mm. of a fluke thing. He gets very unlucky sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the nature of the deck.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a combo deck. Like uh, I feel like if you're gonna play a combo deck at a 15 round event, you got to run really hot. So
1: yeah, you do. <laughs> Truth. So, uh, so when did you know you were uh, locked for top eight? Was it a nail biter at the end?
2: I was a nail biter at the end. I had to win out uh, pretty much all day in day two. Be- well, not all day. Uh, I was X one and one all until round 13 when I actually got paired against elves. And, uh, I knew what he was playing, um, and, because uh, I saw him, I saw him in his match against Noah Walker, and, you know, I was, uh, I was feeling really good when I got paired against him. We get called to the feature match area, and I'm like, alright, sweet, I'm gonna beat this guy in the feature match, it's gonna be great, and, uh, yeah, and then, um, he just swiftly 2-0'd me, uh, my feature match was <laughs> over in 15 minutes, uh, I never did anything, Actually, like he uh, he just killed me on turn two in game one, and then in game two I had a sphere, so I'm feeling really good. And then he just he just beat me anyway. (laughs) So that was that was a humbling experience. That was a humbling experience. (laughs) I didn't feel too good about that one, but uh, you know that's life, man. You know sometimes your opponents just are very they're very good players and they have a good draw and. (laughs) <laughs> that's enough. So yep. I went down against him and then uh, my next two rounds were must win scenarios. Uh, so that was, that was kind of stressful, but you know, I went into round 15 against Noah Walker and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a jerk. So I got paired with him and I was like, Hey man, I'm super happy to play against you. Do you want to concede to me? Because he was locked anyway. <laughs> and uh, So <laughs> oh, my uh, god. yeah. So he, oh, my uh, god. <laughs> <laughs> So, believe it or not, believe it or not, he declined.
0: (laughs) I have no idea why.
2: Why I don't know why he wouldn't want to be on the draw every round of the top eight in his Grixis Delver deck. Like, that just seems fine.
0: (laughs) So,
1: <laughs> oh, hilarious. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you ask and you expect the concession, and you you're under the assumption that your your friend is going to concede to you. Oh but, no, we weren't friends. Know.
2: I I've I've sat next to this guy at a lot of events, but I've never played him before in my life. So uh, uh, no, I'm
1: I'm, you know. I'm just casting shade at Pat right now. I'm just casting shade at Pat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, I'm appreciating being under your shade right now. It keeps me uh, out of the sun. Uh, I, I feel none of I feel none of your pressure, Jerry. Because if you want to win for me, you have to step up and take it like a man. All right, that's what you have to do.
1: Uh, shaded by the palm tree of emotion.
0: Earn, earn your win, my friend. Uh,
1: all right, fine, fine. Moving on. So, so Noah declines, but. Uh, so, wait, you, did you play Noah two times? Cause you said no, he, no. He, I played
2: oh. against him in round 15. That was it. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so but he was my winning in. the last two nail biters. Yeah, he was yeah. my winning in, and my round 14 was against uh, Jeremy Tibbetts, who I think is also on the Facebook group. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had the feature match for that round, and uh, that was a pretty, you know, like I, I kind of like felt bad for that one uh, because – You know that was that was uh, you know game one. I kind of like won the game on turn two because I just had the dream start and he never got to do anything. And then uh, you know in game in game three or I mean in game two or sorry I I had the dream start in game one and then in game two uh, you know like I I kind of had him killed on like turn four ish but you know he didn't want to concede because he had a needle and you know it's game two so he might as well just stick it out hope I mess up and uh, so he didn't want to concede. And you know, I sat there, or like, the entire game, just shooting him for one, and manually removing counters off my dark depths with a crows and grip in hand, because <laughs> uh, I was worried about him having like this insane four card sequence of like, you know, untap, or I make them, I crows and grip his needle, and then he goes, okay, swords of plowshares, your meritless, sandbagging a land, play rest in peace in his deathrite shaman. Uh, in his deathrite shaman uh, Tasiger deck, but you know, like so, even even though that's crazy unlikely, I was just you know I might as well just be safe because like there's just no way he can win if I just shoot him, and uh, yeah, so like it was kind of it was so like I didn't mean to like slow roll him like that. It was just that I was playing. I wanted to draw a second crows and grip before I went for the needle just in case, uh, mm. and I had already milled over two, so it took a long time, but. Yeah, so that was a uh, so that was a that was a weird match. But then, uh, oh yeah, but two two really weird things happened in that one. So what? So uh, I made a mistake on camera and had an extra clue that I should have never had. Uh, because what happened was late into the game, uh, I had a tabernacle out that I just forgot about, and so I played a tireless tracker, made some clues, and then you know Jeremy took his turn. And then I went to my turn, and usually what I do is when I have a a Tabernacle, I uh, just stick a land under it that's, like, you know, a colorless land that doesn't do much. Like, if I have a Caracas against a deck that doesn't have any Legends, I'll just stick it under my guy. And, uh, And that's, like, a shortcut for paying for Tabernacle. And I just forgot to do that. And so I, like, quickly untap, draw my card, play my land, make a clue. And then Jeremy goes, Hey, man, your tracker's dead. You forgot to pay for it. And I was like, What do you mean? And he's like, and he points at my Tabernacle, and I was like, Oh, oops. So I grabbed my tracker and put it in my graveyard and neither me, him, or the table judge noticed that I had just, you know, made this clue. And you know, like I've I've clearly declared play my land, make a clue, and then he goes and ticked up the counter and no one no one realized, "Oh, you shouldn't have that clue." It didn't actually matter mm-hmm. because I had the clue in play uncracked the entire game. So like I never gained any advantage off of it, but it was just like uh, but it was like, you know, I had a clue I shouldn't have had. And then, uh, so that kind of was bad. You,
1: uh, you, what we call in the business, you pulled a path.
2: Yeah? Is there a story behind that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry's
0: just salty because he, he... <laughs> <laughs> pay him no mind. <laughs> go on, go on.
2: Uh. But yeah uh, and then also uh, one thing that was kind of confusing was uh, one of my friends was saying like oh Jeremy was trying to angle shoot you because uh, late in the game I went to he had a Nihil spell bomb and I uh, and I had like four grove of the burn willows so I was shooting him for one and returning my punishing fire but I was playing around like double surgical extraction because I was like oh he has he probably has two in hand because he's not conceding and uh, so I was playing around double surgical the entire game and um, he uh, and so, we had a sequence where I go to return my Punishing Fire, and I hear him say, or he, he just, like, you know, nodded, and so I put it in my hand, and then he goes, spell bomb you, and I was like, okay, fine, exile my graveyard, and then he goes, with, no, with the Punishing Fire, and I was like, you know, like, I thought it was too late, and uh, we, we just didn't really communicate very clearly, so the judge had us rewind to when the Punishing Fire was still in the graveyard, And just said, play from here as if Mm -hmm. he placed the Nihil Spell Bomb on the stack. And uh, so, you know, I was, and so uh, I had the option to return with two of my other Groves, but I chose not to because I was just working under the assumption that he had Surgical Extraction times two. So I was like, it's safer for me to just draw another Punishing Fire and keep going. And so I just let him do it. And so, like, I exiled my graveyard with the punishing fire, and then my friend was, like, messaging me afterwards, like, wow, he just tried to angle shoot you, and he got your punishing fire exiled for no reason. And I was like, no, I made a conscious decision to let it get exiled because he might have had double surgical. And so, like, that was... And so I don't want to... So, like, people were telling me, like, oh, yeah, Jeremy was angle shooting me, and that's, like, absolutely not true. That's not what happened. So I just wanted to say that in case, you know, anyone thinks he's, like, trying to scum me out of a win or something. So...
1: Yeah, no, always good to make those things down because I feel people sometimes can be too quick to assume the worst in people.
0: It's also like when you're outside the match, too, you miss a lot of the nuances that are happening in-game, in communication, so it's good to, like, have someone who was actually communicating with the other player kind of hash out what yeah. happened. Mm-hmm.
1: Nice, but... So, so that kind of was a slow, painful match where you just kind of had a... Yeah, it sounded like you just played the safest you possibly could and unfortunately the safest you po- possibly could uh was slow and painful. Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> like I didn't want like I don't want to be like, yeah, man, I'm savagely slow rolling you, but you know, like that was probably the n- 100% line to win, so I didn't want to like, you know, blow it if he had this like insane four card sequence. So, you know, mm. I took the safe route and it just made me look like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, but like we chatted after the game, and like he didn't seem angry about it, and so like you know we. Uh, so I don't think he took it badly. I I tried to like explain I wasn't trying to like you know be a dick about it, but you know that just happens. Mm-hmm. Lands is a uh, lands is kind of annoying to play against sometimes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, especially when you're yeah. in that, like, you can't concede because then you're out. Like, you have to play it out scenario. Yeah. It's like...
2: I mean, like, I don't... You're forced to like, definitely sit there having your
1: nails pulled. Yeah,
2: like, because... Yeah, mean, like, well,
1: for sure. Like, you don't... You can't concede there because then you just lose. Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah, man. So, I played... So, yeah, like, pretty much, again, the only, like, non-Delver decks I played, actually, were uh, Jeremy and uh, I played against the Elves player in round 13, but... Every other every other round that day was Delver, and that was great for me. Uh, so I played against Jonathan Rossum in round ten. He was saying like, "Oh yeah, man, I don't play much Legacy," and uh, so we were talking about humans for a bit before the game. And you know, as soon as he said, "I don't play much Legacy," I was like, "All right, so he's playing Delver or Sneak and Show." And uh, so I had another I had another sweat when he went Volcanic Island Ponder Shuffle, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was playing Delver though, so. I got lucky on that one. Uh, (laughs) So I beat him. Good, good. And then uh, I played against Tarek Patel, who was playing Bug Delver. Uh, Bug Delver tends to be a little bit harder because Tarmogoyf is a very annoying threat that doesn't die to Punishing Fire. Uh, So, you know, like, that, that matchup's a little bit harder, but I still feel like it's very good for me. And, uh... He actually ended up playing a Bitter Blossom in, uh, in Game 2, or maybe Game 3, I think it was Game 3. He ended up playing a Bitter Blossom, which was, uh, you know, it was. I was talking to my friend who came to the tournament who was playing Bug Delver as well, uh, he was playing Bitter Blossom in his sideboard, and uh, he was actually watching our game, and I was telling him, like, I don't think Bitter Blossom is good against lands uh, leading up to the tournament, because, uh, you know, my best route to victory against Delver is, uh, you know, Tabernacle and Wasteland effects, and, uh, cause you know, punishing fire just doesn't, doesn't do anything against Tarmogoyf. And so I gotta go after your lands. And so, you know, tab. so we got into this weird holding pattern where I had a Merit Lage and a Tireless Tracker protecting it from edicts, so he couldn't attack with his Tarmogoyf for his Bitter Blossom tokens, cause he would instantly die on the crackback. Um, and I was just sitting there, like, trying to draw a Tabernacle, and I eventually drew the Tabernacle, and he died. Well, I didn't draw the tab- I draw I drew crop rotation, but he didn't have the Force of Will, and so he died to it. And, uh, and you know, so like that was just kind of a interesting illustration of like why I don't really think that you want to be playing Bitter Blossom in the matchup. Um, but I, I actually ended up, I actually ended up saying that, and you know, my opponent took it like, like he was like, "Yeah, man, like don't, don't tell me that because I didn't ask for your advice," and like, which is very reasonable. And you know, I kind of felt like a, I kind of felt like a dick because like I was directing that at my friend who was standing directly behind him. <laughs> um... So that, so, oh. yeah, so, you know, then I, then I, like, looked like an asshole, and I had to, like, quickly explain, like, no, 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 I'm talking to him, not you, <laughs> and, uh, so I kind of, I kind of <laughs> felt bad for that one, too, but, um, you know, that's life, right? So, and then, uh, so then I played against, uh, I played against another, I played against Rudy Briska, who was also playing, uh, Rug Delver, or I mean, uh, not Rug, uh, Bug Delver, and, uh, you know, he was... Game one, he just lost because he uh, kept a, he kept five that had only one land, and I wastelanded it, and he died. And then, um, and then you know, game two, he just dismantled me. Like he had like triple surgical and a uh, the one mana uh, counter a sorcery that surgicals if you have delirium. So he hit my loam oh, with in- that invasive yeah. surgery. Yeah, so he invasive surgery would my loam hit me with like the triple surgical. And uh, so, yeah, it basically just made me look really silly in game two. And so then we go into game three, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's talking about how, like, he plays a lot of lands, and he's he's very familiar with the matchup, and he never loses to lands. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've only really lost, like, four lands players ever. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. <laughs> and then uh, we go into game three, and my hand was absolutely perfect. I had the turn two Merit Lage with silver and Safekeeper back up. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so that was pretty hard to beat. So, uh, yeah. So he died. And, uh, I, I was like, alright, yeah, make that five. I'm on the board. <laughs> so, uh, so that felt kind of good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's... I feel like against Delverdex, your best way to win is the Merit Lage. Because, like, even though, uh, Even though they play, like, a lot of, uh, they play, like, a lot of disruption, a lot of the time, uh, the loam plan isn't really as good in the sideboard games, because they're playing surgical, uh, usually in numbers, and so it's, like, difficult to play around, uh, so sometimes you just gotta jam it and hope they don't have it, but, like, the, but the dark depths plan is safer, because then if you, you know, make the merit liege and they have the edict, if you draw a loam, you can just reassemble and do it again, and they probably aren't playing two edicts, so... I feel like, so I usually go for the Dark Depths plan against, uh, Delver, and so I was pretty thrilled when I opened a hand that had the turn two Merit leash. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then I played against Ben on Elves, and then Jeremy on, uh, on his, uh, on his Esper Stoneblade, or Esper Deathblade, and then I played Noah Walker in round 15 on Grixis Delver, and, uh, then I went to the top eight and played another Delver deck, and uh, I played against the guy who actually ended up winning the event. Uh, Drake Sasser, I think, was his name. Uh, he was a really nice guy. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, this is my first uh, major tournament top 8. So I was like, "Oh yeah, man, congrats!" So I like felt, so I was like, you know, I was I was pretty hyped for him, and uh, then he just destroyed me with Price of Progress because he was playing two of them, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that felt Jeez. bad. Uh, you know, like, so I kind of, you know, like, I was, I was really, I had high hopes because, you know, the, the top eight was pretty stacked for lands. Like, we had, like, five Delver decks, me, and Eldrazi deck, and, and Miracles. I didn't want to play against the Miracles deck playing main deck back to basics, but everything else in the top eight was super mm-hmm. good for me. So I was, like, looking at it, and I was just like, yeah, man, I, I can, I can put one in the books. I was really, I was really excited. And then Drake just crushed my dreams. I felt like, uh... He, he was Pat. <laughs> he was basically Pat. <laughs> Jeez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Too funny.
2: Yeah. I mean, but yeah, like, I mean, the deck felt great. I played a string of very good matchups, and yeah. So it was, I felt like it was a good deck for the tournament because, you know, I knew Grixis would be pretty popular, and so I was like, yeah, I'll save mm-hmm. this up again. Nice
1: uh so running it back and any events coming up
2: um not really there's not really any uh there's really nothing local to me going on that i know about uh so i think the next event that i'm thinking about going to is actually modern at uh gp hartford because that's like right in my backyard but yeah like i'm always looking for legacy stuff near me but there's not really a a lot of legacy in connecticut so it's kind of tough to you know like really my my best options are actually to drive to massachusetts or drive to uh, bearded dragon in new jersey Mm -hmm. so like when there's stuff coming up like i try to go to it but it's like you know i don't want to go by myself so it's kind of hard to like you know rally people to go with me
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah
1: all about finding that play group yeah man awesome Sweet. Uh, Well, any other kind of thoughts about kind of the Day 2 meta, maybe legacy going forward from your perspective?
2: Yeah, um... I really, like... So... I want to... I know you guys have, like, beaten this horse to death, but I really want to talk about Deathrite Shaman. (laughs) Like, I know... I know that's probably, like... It's probably, like, the last (laughs) thing you want to hear, but, you know, like... I I just want to say that, like, I... I really, like, I feel that Deathrite Shaman is a very, very, very powerful card that is probably too powerful for Legacy. However, in the same vein, so is Brainstorm. Like, Brainstorm is a format-defining card that's in, like, half of the field, and it's extremely powerful. Like, I really don't think that you should be saying, oh, ban Deathrite Shaman, because it's, you know, ubiquitous, when Brainstorm is, you know, just as just as played, and, you know, even more powerful, probably. And, like, so, I think, like, the main argument against Deathrite Shaman is that blue decks get to play both Deathrite Shaman and Brainstorm, which is a valid argument, but, you know, like, without Deathrite Shaman, I feel like the metagame doesn't really get much better, because, you know, decks that Deathrite Shaman provides main deck Graveyard Hate against, like Reanimator and Dredge and Lands uh get a lot stronger and you're gonna go back to the old like two thousand and twelve era of playing like seven pieces of graveyard of hate in your sideboard which I really think like stifles the development of the format. So I think that like Death Red Shaman is really really powerful but I don't think it should be banned. Um and so like I see a lot of people that are talking about like oh 25% of the field is you know, Death Red Shaman decks or thirty five percent of the field like how many of those, how many of those decks are playing brainstorm? You don't see any you don't see any arguments against brainstorm for being too for being too highly played, and so like I really think that wizards needs to chill on the ban list and just like you know give it some time. Uh, I really don't agree with all these calls for death rage shaman being banned.
1: All right, I'm not gonna debate you because it's beating a dead horse, <laughs> but uh. Get the fuck off the cast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Uh,
2: All right, well, now now I know Jerry's never talking to me again, so I got that going for me. J.K.
1: Law, J.K. Law. Uh. Uh, So, so in other news, uh, we had a big piece of news this week, guys. Everyone kind of went crazy earlier in the week uh, with some Dominaria leaks. Do you guys check it out?
0: And by earlier in the week, do you mean last week? That well, last I mean,
1: from week. the perspective of the people listening <laughs> to this cast.
0: So the pers- perspective of the people listening would be two weeks ago. No.
1: <laughs> no. This is, this is, this is mean, like this panache thing again. But
0: uh, <laughs> regardless. What, and that you don't understand how regardless,
1: it works. Uh, It was a couple of days ago. It was a couple days ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it happened. It happened this month.
1: It happened this month. It happened in 2018. We can confirm that. Uh, some Dominaria leagues. Well, we haven't talked about it yet, Pat. So, what are your thoughts?
0: <laughs> um. So, I've seen some of the cards. I haven't really gone through and given it a hard look yet because I didn't think we we're going to be talking about it tonight. Um. Some of the cards seem pretty good. Uh. Actually, I was listening to um Eternal Dirtles podcast which is also hosted on Hipsters and I I know Nate I met him in Vegas and um uh, so I I was and I was able to meet the other castmate and I, I wish I could remember his name he introduced himself to me at uh, at Worcester and I forget your name and I apologize so much um but uh but anyway I got to listen to them and first of all the cast is fantastic I I highly recommend anyone who's into legacy find Eternal Dirtles they're they're really really good k- podcast um, and they uh they were talking about Karn as being a possible player in legacy um like a like a like a legacy affinity style it deck it feels powerful um, i so mean it, a f- yeah i mean it's four, it's four mana which really in legacy means it's yeah two it just mana, lends to be which being is powered
1: out so quickly like it it looks scary yeah. just looking at it
0: right right and uh it's cool like the it gives you card draw which in those colorless decks you really don't get that much of you really don't get any of, mm-hmm. really. So that's pretty neat. Um, the uh, the Mox Amber, I think, is like actually really overrated. I don't think it's gonna be a very good card um in legacy. Like it might be it might find its way into like I don't know, like a like a test deck just for a little um, added like free spells kind of thing, but I really don't think that it's gonna find a spot in many decks. Like the only time you can turn it on is when you have a legendary creature in mm-hmm. play and like it's not going to go into sneak and show because if you have a legendary creature you winning you don't need you don't, you don't need the mocks and like if you're in reanimator you have a legendary creature you don't need the mocks even if you're on like the Tide spout plan um so i i think it maybe in modern it'll be well i guess is it in yeah it'll be in modern so maybe in modern it'll be a little bit better in like the uh, affinity decks i suppose but um i really i don't i'm not totally sure if it's going to have a spot and like also like if you have a like a um a reasonable legendary creature. You probably already have enough mana. Like adding an extra mana probably isn't that big of a deal. So, I yeah,
1: I I don't. It's gonna be really hard. I remember the like the two hours of panic. So what happened was it was spoiled in Chinese accidentally, and then about two three hours later, wizards just threw up their hands. Like, all right, it's out there. Here's the English version. So at least you're not using bad translations. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is like totally the perfect. Way <laughs> yeah, to I thought it, Wizards
1: right? handled that really well. They made the best out of a bad situation. Uh, I definitely respect them yeah. a lot for their decisions in in that moment. Um, but in the meantime, like I'm in all these group chats, and we're out there like doing a mix of like finding native Chinese speakers and like terrible Google Translate, like <laughs> trying to translate this document. And at first, when we we tried mm-hmm. translating the mocks, we're like, I, I think it adds a colorless ma- uh, It adds a um, colorless mana for any legendary permanent, maybe. And we're like, oh, that that could be insane, like just powering out Jace pot prodigies or. You know, any number of things are just, like, it was turned on if you had any Legend in play, so you could go, like, Caracas Mox and just have two mana. At, that, like,
0: that's what I was thinking, like, maybe mock, maybe Mox Amber is like, might be better in, like, Death and Taxes, believe it or not, just because, like, they're on the Mana Denial plan, which is nice, but they also, like, have uh, Thalia, which are legendary, so maybe maybe it's, you could find a place in that deck, I, but I, I, even that... Yeah, I, that's rough. I find my, probably suspect. Yeah, that that's kind of rough, um... But, yeah, so... I was just trying to think of, de- like, existing decks that have, like, legendary creatures that once they're out there, you haven't already won oh, the yeah. game. Like, once Grizzlebrand hits, like, it's pretty much... Like, you know, you don't need... Um, <laughs> you don't need another Lotus Petal, right. essentially. You know? yeah. Um, I mean, I it just, know.
1: unfortunately, doesn't get turned on by lands. Because if it, like, made a colorless mana, f- if you had a legendary lands, like, that would go in so much. Like, Dark Depths would turn it on, Caracas would turn it on, uh, like, Pesagio yeah. would turn it on, so... That that's just a little too good, um, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't really think there's a spot that I can see for it in uh, Legacy.
0: Agreed. Um, I did like Damping Sphere too, which is kind of like uh, anti-storm hate, which is a two mana artifact, and if a land is tapped for two or more mana, it's like everything it hates. Like it
1: hates out so many random it, decks. It, it,
0: pro- <laughs> it produces a it produces a single colorless mana instead of any other type and amount. And each spell a player casts costs one generic mana more to cast for each other spell that player cast this Mm. turn. Which is pretty interesting, actually. Like, it makes, um, it makes Flusterstorm, I think, unplayable, right? Like, isn't that what happened? Well, I guess, like, well, no, because I guess it's each it's not like, the copies don't cost you cards, right? right. Doesn't cost you mana, but I mean, um, it does make Storm uh, much
1: difficult just getting a Storm count up, like, every That's the thing, though, is, like, we're talking about it with people, it's not as good as uh, we kind of first expected it to be, just thinking about it in practice, Um, just Mm -hmm. because, you know, having uh, lands tap for only one colas instead slows them down, but it's not, like, terrible. Like, at first we thought it was it it taps for zero, like, that's how the original spoiler was, Um, and we're like, oh, that's insane, yeah, Yeah, if it's like, oh, all of a sudden these lands, like, don't tap for any mana, but, like, making Mm -hmm. ancient tombs only tap for one is Good, but they still have the ancient tomb. So you're slowing them down. You're not stopping the problem. And then with the storm, it's like yes, each spell keeps getting more expensive, but they can still play them. It's not like Sworn Canonists that just completely locks them out. So like yeah. it kind of like it does a lot of stuff okay, but it doesn't really do anything like super well.
2: Uh, right. Adam, were you gonna say something? Yeah, like I actually feel like Dampening or I feel like the Damping Sphere, what, what was it called? Damping Matrix? Damping Sphere. Damping Sphere,
0: damping yeah. Sphere, I actually yeah. feel like it's not that good Which I think Storm is... at
2: all. Because uh if you wanna play a hate bear for Storm, you're better off with something like Ether Sworn Canonist because or uh because the thing is mm-hmm. like if you have something like Damping Sphere, they're not really gonna be able to go off anyway and so it's not better than an Sworn Canonist because it's not a clock and if they're trying to go off the first thing they're going to mm-hmm. cast is Echoing Truth anyway so it doesn't really matter like, it's yep. just a more it's basically just a colorless hate effect which you can already find in like Chalice of the Void or uh, mm-hmm. Sphere of Resistance which are pretty much equally effective because it's very hard for a storm to go off through either of those and you know if they mm-hmm. do need to go off the first thing they're going to do is Echoing Truth it so it's not actually going to help you
0: I kind of, well, you know what I was thinking too? Like, and again, these are, these are, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit closer, this is kind of a neat answer for a lot of decks uh, to colorless Eldrazi or mud style decks, um, where they're, or cloud, you know, like post style decks. Like, it's something I could play in Blue Red Delver if I was really worried about someone at my local M who's always on cloud post and blows me out. Um, it's just a cool card to have for that. But I think you're right. Other than that, like, it's, it's not a uh, it's not super the, great, but it is it's nice that it's colorless mana so it if it it's a basic The deck it super
1: matches up well against is elves cuz it shuts off Gaia's Cradle and Glimpse of Nature.
2: Yeah. So I actually didn't
1: that, think about that. That Yeah, it's really good against elves, but the thing is Graftigger's Cage is already really what good against elves anyways.
0: Uh yeah, but they can still win through They can, but they cage. can win, They can just make a bunch Yeah, but elves. they
1: can win through this too. Like, right. that's what I'm saying, yeah. like, it, this card, everyone was were like, oh yeah. man, this is amazing. Uh, and then the more I'm thinking about it, it it's not yeah. as good as, I think, at first blush, just because um, it does a lot of things, but it's it's kind of all over the place. It doesn't lock any one yeah. thing out of the game.
0: Right. right. Um,
1: it's definitely interesting, though, and I'm sure we're going to see people testing the hell out of it, so only time will tell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of, obviously, uh, this is a uh, clear... Like there's a ton of uh, of legendary creatures in this. Uh, there's set. a ton of just like it's rules changes
1: too, just like generic. Yeah, rules so changes. like
0: they've they've gotten rid of the mana pool, which is like that's fine. It's it's that's like a non <laughs> that's a non reason. I'm upset. happy that was the
1: first thing you um, went to
0: because <laughs> that is what I, I was <laughs> um,
1: most upset about them removing mana pool from cards. Come on, people. You where, where does the mana go? It, it's not going where? Where's it go? Is it just float there? Where Where do you put the mana pat? Where's it
0: go? It's magic. <laughs> It's magic cherry. <laughs> um, the other card that I think is kind of neat, and I know that we talked about it in the uh, in the group chat, um, the mod chat, was Wizard's Lightning, which is two and red for an instance. <laughs> the ter- the uh, trap card. It's a lightning. bolt. It's a trap. And it's, it is so. It's a, it's a it's maybe a bad card, but I still think that it might have a place in like a bl- in like a blue red wizards deck that has like Snapcaster Mage, Storm Chaser Mage, like Grim Lavamancer. Um, it just turns this card into a, into just a straight up bolt. Um, yeah. So I think I don't know. Maybe if you need bolts, you know nine through twelve, or you know nine through twelve, whatever. Maybe that's something you You could even play. splash yeah.
2: Kess if you uh, <laughs> if you could find one that's war- that's not warped too much to play. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um,
1: the card I was which I was super uh, caught my eye, and it also features a rules change: is uh, Jora Weatherlight Captain. Um, So this is a sweet card. It's two blue-red legendary creature, human artificer, or artificer, excuse me, Uh, artificer, artificer. tongue twister, tongue twister there, seven, (laughs) sold seven silver shells by the seashore, Pat.
0: Right, right, right. Which one was this? Yeah, uh,
1: it's the three, three, two, blue, red. Uh, whenever you cast a historic spell, which is a new keyword. Historic spells are ba- all artifacts, legends, and sagas. Also, keeping in mind, well, planeswalkers are legends now too.
0: But like, no, but I don't think they're. Don't you have to be a his? Like, not every artifact not every every legendary, and not every saga is is historic
1: that's a big rules change there's 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 this new historic definition where all artifacts all legends all planeswalkers and all sagas are historic yeah
0: oh so i missed that that's why this card's so cool
1: so it's a two blue red for a three three so vanilla test it's it's pretty decent four is expensive in legacy
0: no it's not decent it's that's no vanilla test that's a bad a
1: 3-3 is still good in legacy like a 3-3 three, three
2: is
0: a 3-3 three, three for 4 mana and 2 colors is bad uh, Jerry like get the fuck uh, out
1: I'm here. talking for just legacy standards creature wise a 3-3 three, three is for, good. for legacy it standards it's even worse it are you can't kidding me breptide.
0: just shut up and let me finish <laughs> All Right, but just don't don't say f- patently false things like, just say <laughs> it's 2 and red for 3-3 three, three, and news. then move on and then move on
1: fake news it draws a card whenever you cast a historic <laughs> spell that's why we're running it so anytime you play an artifact so, Lotus Petals, uh, any legendary creatures, uh, any, like, any legendary lands. So, like, this card is drawing cards no. left and right. This thing seems like it could do some work.
0: This card is, this card is uh, absolute garbage. I'm, I'm, I'm with Pat him. on this one. <laughs> says the guy who wants, right. wants to run right, four, it's four wizard. It's mana four, dies four mana, and, bolt. like, you, if, you, if you play, yeah, four, and, like, f- four mana dice to wizard. Right <laughs>
2: right, <come laughs>
1: That is uh, the greatest argument against it. It could draw so many <laughs> cards, though. Like I could see this being like an engine in like a Tesserator style list.
0: He uh, uh, can't doesn't die to lightning. Is Tezrider playing? Yeah, ready? doesn't doesn't die doesn't oh, die to lightning black.
1: bolts if you have a chalice on one, Pat. <laughs>
0: But it dies to Wizard Lightning because it actually costs three (laughs) mana. Oh, man, we found the
1: one situation where you might want to run Wizard's Lightning.
0: Ooh,
2: ooh, wait a second. Hold on. You going to make a Chalice
0: Burn deck, Pat? Is that what you're thinking
2: of? Why do I have the feeling that Pat's going to be registering a Wizard's deck at his next major tournament?
0: (laughs) I think I just got a nosebleed, guys. (laughs) Something's (laughs) wrong. Oh, man. I'm I'm really excited. So like the bummer about this set is that all these cards have been spoiled with no art, and like you don't you just don't see the card. Yeah. So going through the spoiler and not actually seeing the card is kind of like a bummer to me. Yeah. You're just seeing like these like weird blocks of color and words and. It's just not as exciting. Uh, but it was um, even worse
1: going through the Google Translate version of the text. Oh,
0: I can't even imagine. I even honestly, I didn't even bother at that point. I'm like, I oh, whatever. I'll see it when it comes out. Jerry will. Re- re- That's Jerry what I was doing. I had cards. like a group
1: of people and we we're just like all like passing translations back and forth and we're like, all right, this is interesting. This is garbage. This is interesting.
0: Yeah. It'll be. It'll. It, I'm. I'm excited to see what the rest of the set looks uh, like. Apparently, um, it's
1: Kamigawa 2.0 because Legends Matter is the theme of the set, which I think is pretty cool. I. I. I have enjoyed yeah. the Legends Matter style sets.
0: Yeah, yeah. we welcome, welcoming back Homerids as well. I know, right?
2: I'm for. Some- <laughs> Everyone's been clamoring for Homarids. I'm hoping for some sweet goblins.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Also, yeah. looks like goblins. Yeah,
2: that'd be, that'd be yeah we've
1: seen goblins and knights. Also, seem to be sub themes.
0: There's a goblin yeah. chain whirler, which is a, a red, red, red first strike for a three three. When it enters the battlefield it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker, they I'm gonna they be able of It's, probably, it's bad, probably like not legacy whatever. playable, but it's pretty sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: well, exactly. I mean also just the fact that they're reprinting Goblin Warchief. That means I feel this draft format's gonna have a, a sweet goblins deck in it. Uh Ooh. like Goblin Warchief is a really fun card to draft in uh, uh Vintage Masters. Uh, and I think it was also in Eternal Masters. Uh, he can really get some uh, limited Goblin decks uh, rolling, which are a lot of fun.
0: Man, Gitu Lava Runner is a is a t- a one two for a single red creature, human wizard. And as long as there are two or more instant and/or sorcery cards in your graveyard, it gets plus one plus one plus zero and has haste. Yeah. So it's a two two haste for one. If you oh, I kind of oh man. This blue red wizard's deck is building but itself up. But it's just like a, like a worse version of Delver. I have a massive mind <laughs> like, Jerry really Jerry's is gonna strictly downgrade, or I mean, Pat's
2: strictly downgrading his deck for flavor. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what's good! Jerry, like, Delver's a wizard too, <laughs> man. It's all <laughs> like, happening. It's, it's happening!
2: Pat, this deck already exists, Pat, and you play Pat, it, listen, and it's better! Pat, listen, you can play Snapcaster Mage <laughs> to flash it back for a single red.
0: <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was saying in the chat. That's what I said in the chat. Yeah, and then, I'm building this deck, and Jerry. I was it like,
1: yeah, but it costs three mana the first time, so you're playing six mana to do six damage.
2: Oh, that's I just great it. value, Jerry. That's it. way better than Fireball. <laughs> I think that was the exact argument. Fireball costs seven. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this set will be fun. I I love the the sets that call back to, like, the earlier times of Magic, so it'll be uh, really cool. Yeah, the set
1: does look sweet. I mean, it sucks that the spoiler happened, but I'm super pumped for Dominaria. Like, I'm more pumped for this than I am for Masters 25. Like, I feel Dominaria Mm. is a more nostalgic set for me than Masters 25 is. Me too, man. Just because, like, I... I came of age in Magic in like onslaught block, like that's what I think of of Magic is like the waning days of Dominaria as like the Phyrexians are closing in, uh, like that's that's what resonates with me most.
0: Oh. Narumeha, Master Wizard, is too blue blue for a legendary creature. <laughs> human Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, copy target instant sorcery spell you control. You can choose new targets oh, man. for the Copy Poppy wizards lightning. Other wizards you control get plus, plus one plus one. Half. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. And it has flash, Jerry. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh So you're
1: saying we don't even have to run Snapcaster Mage anymore? We can cut that term. I,
0: I think I'm just going to play this. Actually, I'm just going to play. I'm going to start playing Modern and play this in Modern. Lagachty, red play legacy, red this be modern. You can play Blue Red Talbot in <laughs> <über and> Modern, be You can
2: play Blue Red Talbot in Modern.
0: <laughs> like, uh, no, I want to play Blue Red Wizards.
2: Uh, this deck is just busting out. I guess you have a standard you just, deck Pat. You're going to change the modern yeah, meta forever.
0: Pat, <laughs> We're going to call it the the Talarian Academy. Not playing actual Talarian Academy. <laughs> just it's a it's a school of wizards there. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Um the other cool card is uh the Nefarious lich reprint with hexproof. Did you see that?
0: Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Why don't you read that one? Uh, I don't have
1: it in front of me. I'm just remembering it. But uh, that this <laughs> card's a sweet callback because Nefarious Lich uh, was an actual old old Legacy deck called Nourishing Lich, um, and it kind of operates if you're familiar with the Grishol brand deck in uh, Modern. The Grishol brand deck is kind of its uh, you know intellectual offspring. Uh, Nefarious Lich was this card from Odyssey that. Whenever you would gain life, you draw a card, and whenever you would lose life, you would either exile a card from your play, graveyard, or hand. And it's a
0: Oh, this is the legendary enchantment. Yeah, you're and on it though? says you couldn't you can't lose yeah, the game. It's, it's three black black for hexproof. You can't lose the game. Whenever you gain life, draw them any cards. Ooh, yep. Ooh. Whenever you lose life, for each one life you lost, exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard. Hmm. And
1: then, so eventually what happens is because you can't lose the game, but you have to exile a uh, permanent or a uh, card from hand or graveyard mm-hmm. whenever you lose life, eventually it gets down to the point that you have to exile a nefarious lich. Um, right. So what they basically did is they reprinted nefarious lich, a uh, bit more expensive. I think nefarious lich was either two black black or three black black, uh, but they gave it hexproof, which is big. Uh, make, giving it hexproof is an, a big upgrade. And what you would do is you would play it with Nourishing Shoal which is X green green, gain X life, or you can discard a green or exile a green cards uh, from your hand and gain life equal to its converted mana cost. So people would play it with like uh, Progenitus and like the 14 casting cost Worm uh, to gain all this life, draw all these cards with Nefarious Lich, and then it was a storm deck from there. You would play Lotus Petals Dark Rituals and just storm them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I feel is super cool because you it would also run like a sh- it would also run show and tell as a plan B, so you get the, the lich enchantment in play, you nourishing shoal, exiling like world spire worm, gain a bunch of life, mm-hmm. draw a bunch of cards, uh, and then you can either go for like the show and tell plan, uh, and put a fatty into play, or you can go for the storm combo. So it's kind of like a take on uh, tin fins uh, without having to go through the graveyard.
0: Oh, okay. That's cool. Thing.
1: So I I mean this is going to be a tier three like tier two deck at best, <laughs> but well, it's it's a super well, fun Jerry, deck. How would it match it up against Legacy? <laughs> I mean, I think it's very favored in the Wizards matchup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's something you got to worry about I about any deck you favored. build now. <laughs> yeah, you got to got to worry about the the Wizards matchup. <laughs> <laughs> right, Pat?
0: <laughs> it's coming, Jerry. <laughs> um
1: coming. but yeah, I mean this is gonna be like a janky tier three, tier two deck, but I think it would just be sweet to bring that deck back to life.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It'd be cool. Faux show. oh show.
1: Um I didn't really see anything else that caught my eye, but then again I didn't take that close a look. I'm I'm a I'm a visual orientated person,
0: Pat. I need my pictures. I hear Me you. too, yeah, man. I don't even man.
2: read books definitely. unless they have pictures. <laughs> man, books <are laughs> for
0: nerds, man. Books are for fucking nerds. <laughs>
1: uh, guys, by the way, I got us a new sponsor. It's the U.S. Education Department.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. All right, we'll probably get more into the, the, le- the spoilers from Dominaria in the coming weeks as they start rolling out, but... Uh, for now, we'll, we're interested in seeing kind of what Wizards has up their sleeve. Yeah, Hopefully more Wizards. Uh, hopefully
1: more Wizards. Always more Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Um Other than that, uh, we did have a sele- section, just general tips for a big tournament. Uh, we got GP Seattle coming up, and we got some requests from people. Uh, just, you know, got any tips and tricks, Adam, as far as how to have a good tournament day?
2: Uh, yeah, man. So... Uh, I can tell you from experience, uh, the best thing to do is get a n- good night's sleep, because I have never done that, and I always regret it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, like definitely get a good night's sleep. Uh, I played all of day one on uh, three hours of sleep, and I really regretted it, regretted it, it was horrible. I end up doing that every major tournament, and it's always awful. Um, yeah, and then, like, uh, I like to bring snacks to eat throughout the day. Uh, nothing, like, big, but, like, I like, uh, like, some mm-hmm. peanuts or something. Just, like, something high in protein that'll, like, keep you mm-hmm. awake and then drink lots of water. Because uh, if you don't do that, you're going to feel terrible, especially if you're playing a deck that, you know, like, lands that can go to time quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, you got to get oh, something yeah. <laughs> to eat. So, uh, yeah, like, that's that's probably my best advice.
1: Yeah, I would say the water one is a big one. I remember that from Eternal Weekend. The difference between having access to, like, a and Springs water cooler where I can just constantly refill my water bottle was so different from having to use, like, a shitty convention center water fountain to fill up. Um, just, like, you don't drink as much water, and it shows. Like, you feel it as the day drags on if you're not
0: drinking water. Yeah. Man, so can I counter that? I can counter that because whenever I go to a tournament, like it's, like uh, Worcester, for instance, I had breakfast at eight a.m. and then I didn't eat or drink anything until I got home at like nine. Uh,
1: not all of us are fasting monks you're, like you,
0: Pat. Yeah. You're,
2: you, like, all right, Pat, I am the skinniest person you'll ever meet in your life, and I can tell you, you're a monster. I don't know how you do that.
0: <laughs> I blacked out. It was just so it was. I just didn't want to be there, and I just didn't even want to be there. Oh, still, still,
2: dream crush, my friend. <laughs> All right,
1: Pat. (laughs) Oh, my God. you so miserable. Oh, I didn't even tell you, Pat, the worst bad beats story of day two is after day two, like me, Dan, uh, Josh, Kerman, uh, Brent. uh, I feel there was another person there that I am forgetting, and I feel terrible. Uh, But we all went to the all-you-can-eat Chinese food buffet after, uh, after the tournament. And we go and we sit down and we're like all excited. Like, we walk by the buffet and it looks great. And then we sit down and we're like, yeah, we want the buffet. And they're like, uh, buffet just closed.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> oh.
1: And we all look at each other and we're just like, do we get up and leave?
0: Um, that's what I would have done. I would have oh, been like, well. Man either open it back up or walk the fuck out. <laughs> yeah
1: I mean we ended up staying and they actually they had uh, it's Nancy Chang's and by the way yeah if you are looking for a good food place at one of the DCU events Nancy Chang's is like 10 minutes up the road and it is phenomenal so we just all hung out uh, at Nancy Chang's and like shut them down uh, got a bunch of food and just like stayed there talking all night it was awesome
2: nice nice that's a, that's a good way to end your night yeah
0: exactly
1: just gotta you know stay hydrated and hang out with friends.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, I was gonna say that's that's my biggest tip is have people there who you can talk to between rounds and who are like who are buddies who you buddies with who you can you can check in with and who will assist you if you need something like Jerry had said. Uh, people grabbing him food or yeah. water or whatever. Going to events by yourself um, is the worst. You know, it, it's that's also. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I've definitely been in a tournament where I didn't know anyone, and that's not. That's not. Very fun. So it's always good to, you know, have people that you know there. Even if there's people from your LGS who you just happen to be semi friends with, um, it's always helpful. Just
1: remember, strangers are friends you haven't made yet.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I won't ever tell it to my kids. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. My mom tells me not to talk murderers. To and you don't want to go anywhere near them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Only get in their van if
0: they offer you
2: candy. <laughs> what if they have a puppy, Jerry? What do you do then? <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, only if they're asking for help finding their lost. All right,
2: puppy. all right, that's reasonable. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's just being that. Or the puppies made. Of that's a puppy. just being a good citizen.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right, should we get into uh, some scoops? Yeah, let's get into some scoops. Who are you scooping in this week, Jerry?
1: Uh so I wanted to scoop in our friend Jeremy out of Missouri and Moonbase Market. Uh, they threw an awesome 5K this week. They had 156 people, I want to say at their event wow. and that was it's a
0: 5k you said yeah. right that's pretty amazing. i know that's
1: it's pretty awesome uh and it was yeah. all also you know the portion of the proceeds uh went to the cancer institute uh or research institute uh so it was for a good cause i'm really glad to see that that event was a success and uh you know people had a good time and also a uh, friend of the cast joe michael was there uh, he was playing and he, he was keeping us updated during the tournament. And unfortunately he got the heartbreaking ninth place, uh, when it oh. came down to it. So feel your pain, Joel, that always sucks. Uh, and also, uh, Robert Henry, uh, who's actually just recently getting in or getting back into magic, getting into legacy. Um, said he, you know, listened to the cast and it inspired him to, to check it out. So it was his first event. So I'm hoping he had a, a good time there. Welcome to legacy. Oh uh what about you adam
2: uh two people actually so i, I want to scoop in uh alec greenberg my friend who uh just did well at his first event uh barely barely didn't make two day two due to someone who was on the cast but yeah. uh that's a really good performance for your first Some event, scrub. and uh he's really fun to be around tell him to play better next time <laughs> just just no no just remorse kidding, no remorse <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then uh, my friend Sam Miller, he uh, he's a really good legacy player, and uh, he's pretty much solely responsible for keeping legacy alive in the state of Connecticut. He goes to any store that will host a legacy event and shows up with pretty much a walking metagame in his backpack and loans out decks to anyone who will play. So he uh, he's keeping the format yeah. alive here.
1: Those are the real MVPs. Oh, yeah. Those are the those are the the ground troops keeping the format alive. I, I love those
2: people. Man, if I if I had money, man. If I had money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. What about you, Pat?
0: Uh sorry, I have, I have a couple of people I wanted to thank. Uh the first is Brian from the Tryhards. He uh was someone who is has been playing Blue Red Delver as well and he's kind of picked my brain a few times on the uh, on the deck and I just wanted to give him a shout we out. Let's talk about uh, this Lightning. Have, uh, we haven't yet. That'll, that's going to be our next. Uh, be our next uh, delve into, um, but Brian. Brian's great. Uh, the Tryhards cast is really great too. So if you haven't listened to that, um, absolutely check them out. Um, also, Michelle from Gaming etc. Uh, she helped me out with. I was uh, searching for some cards, and she uh, helped dig them out of her inventory for me. Um, you know, and, and was able to get 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 them for, to me for a good price, and I really appreciate that. So thank you to Michelle, and also um, I've. Again, I, I know I mentioned this in the cast, but the Eternal Dirtle podcast is another le- uh, legacy podcast. They also happen to be on Hipsters of the Coast, and um, I so I've never listened to them, and I've been meaning to grab an episode, and I just keep forgetting, or like I, I just my podcast list is just super long, so I finally got a chance to listen uh, to their last their latest two episodes, I think, and uh, I was really impressed with the uh, with the back and forth of the podcast. It reminds me a lot of. The Brainstorm Show, which I think is probably, like, the best legacy podcast out there. Um, After yes, us. After us. us. <laughs> uh, I think we're, we're, like, top five. I think. We're top five. Uh, for sure. I guess I should
1: clarify that's are. an inside joke with me and Wilson. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, so uh, if you haven't checked them out, please check them out. They're on Hipsters, and um, they also may be on Cast. I'm not sure. But you can just find them on whatever podcast app you have. Just search for Eternal Dirtles. Um, really, really good legacy content. Uh, really good players. I think, I think Zach, one of their hosts, um, uh, top 32ed Worcester. So they're also like they're also legit players in their own right. So, um, absolutely check them out. And uh, I think that's it for me, man. Awesome. Yeah,
1: sparing the podcast cool.
0: love. Um, absolutely. man.
1: Speaking of, I'm pretty sh- brainstorm brew. Uh, or uh, wow, well, wow, the brainstorm show. Uh just recorded a new episode, so that's coming out soon, so I'm excited really? for that.
0: Oh nice. I'm not in the I'm not in the uh, the cabal chat anymore. You may, you might need to add me into that again. Ah, uh, sorry, I Pat. suicided myself out of that a while you ago. You blew
1: your chance, you're out of the cabal.
0: <laughs> but I was a highly ranked member there. They love my jokes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, the, the sponsorship deal fell through. Sorry, man.
0: <laughs> oh, I fair. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> um yeah, so uh, all right. Well if you want to find Jerry you can find them at jmee3rd on Twitter. You can find me at Pat Uglow. The stream is Twitch.tv/slash Pat Uglow. Uh, find us on Facebook, and um, you can find us on whatever. We're all over the place. Support us on Patreon. Find us on Hipsters. Find the Facebook group. You can email us uh, hate mail or dick pics leaving the legacy at hipsterthecoast.com, and uh, and that's it. Yeah, Adam, do you have any? Social media that you use that you want to kind of shoot uh, out there? I don't really use are social you, media are you off the grid. If you
2: want to add me on Facebook, like, you know, Adam Falls, but yeah, like, it, no, it's going to be no real Facebook difficult to find Adam me, falls. so. Uh. You know, you might want to save
0: yourself some <laughs> I saw time. I have like seven posts going back to 2010. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, and so, well, uh, You're also on the, you're on the, the Leave leaving Legacy page too, so if someone wants yeah. to tag you there you might find yeah, it absolutely. at some point. You can you can
1: find Adam in a cabin in the woods of Connecticut. You
0: <laughs> just you got to find Adam at the at, like and in, in the top 8 of a major yeah, tournament. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Just went be, be better at magic, and you can meet him. <laughs> that's all. Uh,
1: awesome. Uh, all right, we got some jokes? <sighs> Pat Pat, there were some good ones added the other day. Like uh, there's, there's been some quality jokes added to the list that made me chuckle at work. So I, I appreciate it. They're, they're, they're getting much better. You guys are doing a good job.
0: Okay. Do you have the list, Pat? Roll it. <laughs> I have the list. Yeah. You have the list. I do.
1: The number is fifteen.
0: I regret that it's a D twenty. <laughs> God damn it. Eric Hamill. Just says sports ball on my game. Right. You know what? Not only am I deleting this comment, I'm removing him from the page. No. I'm just remo- You just got bumped from the page, my friend. <laughs> you can't bump him from the page, Pat. Pat, don't you dare. It's too late. It's too late. So now dare. the new the new number 15 is Nick Nick Herta. This is actually – this is okay. This is like some – this is some really dry <laughs> fallout humor. I can appreciate this. Never date an Adam. They make up everything. <laughs> ah,
1: that's a kn- – That's not bad. That's a knee slapper.
0: That's not bad. Uh, let
1: me get one that's more. Bad. Let me get It's like Pringles. You can't stop. Just get, let me get one more all joke. Right.
0: Um, What's the next one? Let's see. Uh, all right. Liam Broad. He, uh, he said he's pretty new to the group, so he doesn't know if any of these have been used. So he'll fire them off. They can't be as bad as what we've had, so – uh, he's got a couple in here, so we'll we'll, we'll get you're gonna get a three for here, Jerry. Oh boy! Uh, did you know the first French fries? These, are, this, so the, I guess, some of these are actually more facts than jokes. <laughs> did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? No, they were cooked in Greece. <laughs> ah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I just watched a documentary about beavers. It was the best damn show I ever saw. I don't get it. Please explain. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a factory that sells passable products? Passable products? Yeah. Uh, what? A satisfactory. A what? A satisfactory. Ah, uh, wait. A satisfactory. Uh, it. I don't, hmm. Jerry, this hurts having like listening to <laughs> you trying to figure out this joke. A
1: sat like a sadist? Like like a sadist?
0: No, like. Oh, your performance, Jerry. I assume your performance at most jobs is satisfactory. <laughs> yes, that's that's the joke. That's generous, but yes. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. So passable. I, uh, I, I'm starting to understand. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Oh, Jesus.
0: All right. This is why I hate this game. This is wor- this is more painful than the song game, which wasted hours of my life over three years. This is worse. This is my personal hell. I hate you all. Pat, it's-
1: is it really trolling if it's done in
0: earnest? <laughs> <laughs> then, then, it's, then, then it's actually, it might actually be worse. It might be worse if, if someone just isn't, is just not that fu- that, just not funny. That's even worse. Don't post if you're not funny. If you're not funny, don't put a joke on
1: there. Did you actually delete Eric from the group? He's gone. (laughs) You can't do that, Pat. Eric, if you're listening, I'm very sorry for Patrick's behavior. It is unacceptable. I'm not sorry. That was a bad joke.
2: All right. Never make any sports. Never make any sports jokes. You're getting kicked off the group.
1: Pat's making an ultimatum. If people don't start posting funnier <laughs> jokes, he's going to delete a member from the group every day.
0: <laughs> just just be funny. Just be funny. It's not hard. It's not hard. Uh, all right, good. <laughs> all right, Jerry. Uh
1: Bring on the snow. Bring it on. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.
2: The J-